Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month, I'm joined by Ruth Buchanan, Economic Development Manager for Manatee County, Florida. Ruth shares with us a plethora of information, including how her organization has been helping local businesses get through this especially difficult time. She also discusses the redevelopment initiatives that her organization prioritizes. Lastly, Ruth shares with listeners information about the presence of the sports performance industry sector in her community. Here are Ruth's economic development secrets. Hi, Ruth. Thank you so, so much for joining me today on the Economic Development Secrets podcast. Um, I'm so excited to have you on here to pick your brain about all of your different economic development wisdom and um, excited to hear what you can share with us in the audience. Uh, thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm very excited to be part of your podcast. This is actually my first um, my first participation in the podcast. So this is the first. Very exciting. Oh, that is so exciting. Well, I'm honored to have um, you be here with us today as your first podcast. Well, can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. So, um, I am from uh, the Philippines originally. So um, I, I went to college over there. I have an undergrad in economics. And then um, I went and took my, I have an MBA degree from slightly different uh, course. I went to university, International University of Japan. Uh, it was a Dartmouth MBA. And then uh, at the time in my life, I really wanted to travel. So uh, while there, I actually went and spent a semester at the Manchester Business School. It was a very enriching, super fun uh, international experience. And then um, I've been in economic development for <laughs> 15 years now. I was just counting when I was preparing for this, 15 years, and enjoyed every minute of it. And some days have more challenges, and um, but some days, you know, you it, they just make me really feel good about what I do. And I'm sure you've met um, people that feel the same way about this profession because this profession brings in that additional joy of knowing that you're helping your community. And uh, I have been, and I'm currently with Manatee County Government, that's here in Florida, and I've been with them for just 10 months. Uh, joined them in the middle of March when we all went into suddenly went into COVID mode, recovery mode. And so it's been only 10 months here. But before that, um, I started way back in Charlotte County. And then I worked for the city of Northport, which is the, um, the, the, the largest city in Sarasota County. And then I had a short stint at Lee County before Manti County asked me to join them. So also the time in Lee County was very enriching. We, uh, in my short time there, about 18 months, I did the aerospace uh, industry and commercial development, which I enjoy, and also sports development, which by the way, I should mention, when I was in the city of Northport, one of my 
capstone projects, if you will, was helping the community get the spring training for the Atlanta Braves. So that was a nice big project and we got recognized by actually FEDC, the Florida Economic Development Council for that work. So lots of good stuff that has happened so far. Wow, that is very neat, very exciting career. So can you please tell us about your organization that you're currently at um, and the community that you're serving? Sure, happy to share. So as I said, I am now working for Manatee County government and my department is called the Redevelopment and Economic Opportunity. We call ourselves REO, R-E-O. It's actually, Nicole, a new department within Manatee County. It started in October of 2016. Uh, the county did that to focus on the redevelopment and revitalization of urban areas of the county to create greater economic opportunities for residents and businesses, so both, both sides of the equation, with our housing, community, and economic development projects and programs. Manatee County is quite unique in this approach. A lot of times different communities have these two functions sort of separate, related, but in Manatee County, it's the same department. So the economic development portion of that or economic opportunity is the one that I had. Um, so on that, uh, many counties believe is the general overall concept of economic opportunity as a priority goal. So we encourage business growth, jo good jobs, and community prosperity. And if I just um, talk about that for a little bit more, um, some of the key things that we focus on are diversification of the tax base. I'm sure our audience are very familiar with that. You know, you, we love residential development, especially in Florida, right? That's, uh, that's what we're good at. We still attract um, about a thousand net migrants to the state every day. So that's a state. So residential, but, but residential should be supplemented by commercial and industrial growth. So we're very big into making sure that that's part of the focus because um, sustainable growth is important. Nicole, you know, we all know growth is going to happen, right? So we might as well do our best to ensure that direction that we're taking leads to a sustainable path. And of course, we're economic developers. We always focus on jobs because jobs make a difference. It has a good lasting impact on individuals and families. And I'd like to share one bragging point that we got from the Florida Chamber recently. Dr. Parrish actually shared that Manny County is doing very well in this one. Our growth rate in the high wage job sector, this is just the high wage job sector despite COVID, is 13.8%. That is amazing. 13.8%. We also care about um, increasing capital investment. Um, so in that is the wealth creation, real estate investments, and what I call firm level investments. So wealth creation is uh, the development and attraction of individuals with high net worth. Apparently, Manta County is doing very, very well on that one, according to the research from the Florida Chamber. Our net gain is just enviable. 
And then real estate investment, that's you know very important. We are part of the greater Tampa Bay area and we do attract the real estate investments, the big national brand names, the regional players. And then the firm level investment is very important. I'm talking about the micro enterprises and the small businesses, which is the bedrock of the economy, the American economy. So I will stop right there. So a lot of good things happening there as well. Very neat. Yes, certainly. You have a lot going on. It sounds like you are really on it in terms of data and getting to know your community um, and then keeping an eye, being able to benchmark um, all of that information. That's wonderful. Um, it sounds like you're up to great things in Manatee County. Um, right. And if I may add, by the way, Nicole, on the county demographics, um, like I said, I've only been here 10 months, but uh, at 48 median age, I remember we're in Florida. So at 48 median age, that is, we are a younger county. We have a lot of workforce. Our median household size is 2.4, average wage is 60,000. Like, you know, I mean, these are just metrics that show you how strong the local economy is. And then um, I also took a look in preparation for a chat. I took a look at the household income distribution and it has a, a, a bimodal distribution. So um, families that are making $75,000 and families that are making $150,000, actually the two large sectors of the local economy, which is very strong and healthy. Um, so yeah, we do attract wealth, capital and jobs. And then of course we have the airport. We have a wonderful airport here that we call them SRQ. And uh, we shared that with Sarasota County. And then uh, we have Port Manatee, which uh, there's a lot of good. We can spend a lot of time talking about how important an asset uh, that is as part of our community as you know, the closest deep water port to Panama Canal. They have a lot of room to grow. Um, so yeah, so the portfolio is wide and rich in Manatee County. Well, I'm excited to get into it more now that you've given us a great amount of detail just, um, you know, at a high level of what, you know, Manatee County's um, economy is looking at, what you guys are doing. Um, so, um, viewers, just so that you know, we're about to pivot into talking about COVID, of course, because we have to. Um, but since things are changing very rapidly, I just want to give you the date. Today, Ruth and I are chatting on January 26, 2021. This podcast will be posted in early February. So if you're listening to this months down the road, this is where we are at the end of January. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, um, pivoting into COVID, um, what has been your COVID response? Have you provided your community any business recovery resources? Yes, absolutely. When the pandemic started, um, there was a little bit of, um, you know, trepidation, not just on everybody, but economic developers, even though we're used to sort of dealing with disaster recovery, uh, you know, that, those of us in the South, we have the hurricanes and, you know, different things happen in different parts of the county. This was new. This was just where, you know, some communities were more prepared than others. Manatee County, because we recently just had the red tide uh, response. That's when we have some algae growth in the in the in the waters, so, and we help the businesses because you know we're still primarily or a, a good size of our economy is tourism. So we had that fresh experience in our mind. So it didn't take a whole lot to pivot. 
So the first part of the COVID experience was just gathering information and making sure it reaches our businesses and residents as well. What help is available there? This was a time when the, the PPP became, oh, what's PPP? You know, like, what does it do? How can I get that? How can I apply for it? What are the goods that comes from that? So a lot of those first early months was just providing clean, good information to our businesses, which was well appreciated. So there's the PPP and there's the IDLE, which is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And then at the time, the state also had the bridge loan to the SBA program. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of coordination, we went ahead and created a whole new website on what this all means and what are the resources, you know, channeling them to partners and then um, got to also share information about what the virus is and you know what the CDC is doing. And then that was about a couple of months into it. Um, now Manatee County was not part of the initial set of larger cities and counties that got direct funding from the federal government. But as soon as the next wave was announced, we did get our allocation from the state. And that's when we then pivoted to uh, what are we going to do with the $70 million that Manatee County is going to get? So the, the county sat down and we all said, well, these are the needs. And then, of course, we got to take care of our businesses as well. So a slice of that was provided to us through my department, as I explained in, um, earlier on what my department does. So a part of that uh, became my baby. So here comes Ruth with, uh, with now we're going to do grants administration. And I tell you, Nicole, it was I love change. I've always liked the ability of figuring new things out. So it didn't scare us. Some of my teammates, you know, this was all new. And um, so I had to, many things going on. One was to learn new things, a new skill, you know, the grants administra administration, create a program and then sort of led my team into this new world. Now understand, none of them have ever been involved in anything remotely like this. Um, so that was part of that. You know, what, what gave me the strength and the confidence is just my past experience. As I said, I have a degree in economics and business and I was a banker at one point. So all of those came to bear and helped us. So now we enter into the grant world, right? So, so far, Manatee County has had three cycles of business grants. What is overall overarching objective is to get the help to our businesses as quickly as possible. So we wrote grants that are simple, easy to understand, very important, they're panicking, they're losing business, they're dealing with the virus. So we made sure that we were compliant, right? We got to follow the Federal CARES Act regulation as, as well as the state and our reporting agencies, but we want to make sure that it was simple. Some communities went for a loan program. We said, no, we're, we're going to do a grant program. And then, as I, as I said, we kept it simple. It's very simple. I'm not going to talk about it, but you're in Manti County, you're legally operating here, you have an ID, and, and you can prove this and that. Okay, good. You're going to get it. Um, so we've had three grants, and for each cycle, we continue to learn and learn our lesson and learn our lesson. So actually now, as um, the 
the first CARES Act deadline of December 30th, 2020 had passed. They gave us a little bit of an extension, so we're finishing out that grant, but then there's another extension, so we're finishing, we're, we're creating a new one. So we're gonna be in round four, small business grant, continuing to help our business. And you know what? What drives this is the businesses are saying, some of them are crying with joy. Thank you so much, Manatee County. You don't understand what $5,000 means to me. The $5,000, that's, yes, crying with joy. And then in round three, we did, uh, round two and three, we actually um, wrote the grant so that if they have verifiable business loss, according to the CARES Act coronavirus relief fund language, we went ahead and gave them the reimbursement for those losses. That to me was just, I am so glad we'll be able to do that because you know businesses need all the help they can get. So, um, so anyway, so round four is coming up. And then just to supplement that, Nicole, as we were doing the grant, you know, you realize how much more assistance our small businesses need. So there's also a parallel effort with the Small Business Development Center, part, um, Small Business Development Center and core partners and similar, you know, agencies to make sure that we hold the hand of our entrepreneurs and small business owners so that they get the tools that they need in order to make sure they stay competitive. It's so hard. They're facing so many different challenges and that is as important. So the dollars are important, but then the skills and giving them the technical assistance is also important. So that's where we are kind of in the COVID response world. That's wonderful that you're able to really help all of your local or, you know, the local businesses that need it um, in this way and just being there for them. And it sounds like you have a great program at hand, right? And wonderful that you were able to offer the businesses grants rather than loans. I know I'm sure they're finding that so helpful um, and literally life-sustaining at this moment for, for their businesses. Yes. Yes, particularly, you know, the micro businesses, like we, the sole proprietors, you, if I showed you what we did to make it simple, it's so simple. Um, so, and you know, as you said, it's life giving because this is their source of livelihood. There's, there's a child or children that depend on this, a spouse, a sick parent, or whatever it is, it's it's part of the narrative. That's part of one of my favorite questions in the grant is just, I, we, we just put it in there tell us how this grant funding will help you. And you're gonna cry if you, if you read them. I mean, it's just, they pour their heart out and they tell you their life story and it just validates, it validates that the efforts and hard work, believe me, this is hard, hard work because we've never done this before. And, you know, we're learning, but all those hard efforts, there is a reason you're doing it and you're making a difference in your community. Wow. that. That just sounds so fulfilling and gratifying to be able to do that. That's wonderful. Well, and then when we spoke previously, you were telling me that redevelopment is a large part of your economic development mission um, at Manatee County. Um, so what have you done in supporting redevelopment within the county? Right. Sure, sure. Um, so redevelopment um, is very key in Manatee County. It's an old historic county. And if you look at what we call the corridors in the county, 
you will see how seasoned it is. And so in any kind of an older community, the opportunity for redevelopment is there. It's just a matter of the, the political will of what the local government is gonna do. And we have that in Manatee County. Um, so we actually identified um, a Southwest district as we call it. So that's where the majority of our efforts are in terms of redevelopment. So what does redevelopment mean versus economic development? It's very similar, except that the realization is there. That's not just greenfield development that you're gonna do, right? So you're gonna look at, let's say an old strip mall that has been there for generations. It has brought life and joy to the community, but it needs some refreshing. It needs some new users. It needs fresh investment from a different group of people, or it, it just needs a new vision, a new idea. So that's where the, the government, the local government, in this case, the County of Manatee, you know, we, we target those areas and the sources of investment. And then we have our own metrics. As you already can tell we have, you know, we like our metrics. So we have those parameters that we use in order to qualify the programs. And um, so what happens within the district is it uses the concept of TIF funding, you know, tax increment financing funding. And Manatee County actually has a, um, a county level, sort of a CRA, not quite a CRA, but we do use the TIF funding. And it, it's very empowering that at the local level that we can leverage those funds to, I, to help actually be a partner in investing back in the community. So we're talking about new retail, new mixed use development. Mixed use development is very important in our world, even you know, redevelopment and economic development, because that is how you make sure that the growth is sustainable. So you've got a mixture of some different housing choices within it and some retail and maybe some, some office use within the same development. And hey, you know what, if it's big enough and the land use allows it and it kind of matches the nature and the makeup of the community, maybe you'll put a little bit of light industrial there as well. So anyway, it's just a mixture of those things. So we use those funds, Nicole, in order to, um, you know, bring in fresh investments to the county, make it sustainable. And I would maybe it's a good time to just uh, mention it as an example, because um, I have an example project. Those funds we like to use for infrastructure. All right. So we have a, a nice project. It's um it's about a 300 acre uh, parcel within the Southwest District. So different patches of land. So they assembled it. You know, like the, the developers. Some people know how to do this. This is what they do for a living. So they identified the different parcels. They assembled it, and we have a 300 si nice size package or parcel. And um, they came to us with some proposed end users. This is under confidentiality, still is. So, uh, you know, they have a couple of confidential, maybe two or three confidential end users now, but they came to us and say, listen, we're putting in all of these capital and all of this, you know, um, thinking and planning. We need a little help because we got to build a, a road. So they need a road that runs from the north to the south. And what can you do to help us? And yeah, thankfully the TIF, as we wrote down the program guidelines for that will allow for such a use. So we went to we went to our county commission in December of last year 
and we got um you know it's it's more complicated than making it sound there's a lot of there's a lot of bits and pieces a lot of negotiation and a lot of you know like an impact analysis by the way i should go ahead and tie it in uh, thanks to you and your team this is when we use our tools you know when when the county or local government is really using tax money in order to bring in development it is just a judicious um, step to go ahead and analyze that uh, pop net positive impact of such an action to your community and one of the tools we use is impact data source you know we, we put in where the money is coming from and where is it going what are the jobs what are the capital investment what's the square footage what's the impact fee all of those wonderful nice metrics that i'm sure you you and your audience listeners can tell i like uh, <laughs> and then paul and your team you know they make it so easy for us to go ahead and crunch the numbers and then it gives us a neutral no bias just purely math and finance uh, metrics and data so that we can make the right decision for our constituents and for the business and for ourselves. So we did the, we did the impact analysis on this particular uh, TIF finance uh, project and it's going to pay. It's going to pay well because you know what, it's a road, right? So you, you, you're kind of putting in the road and the sidewalk and the turn lane and the light. But what comes with that? What comes with that is end users that are going to bring in more money, capital investments, square footage, jobs, oh, and maybe nice paying jobs, right? And what are those nice paying jobs going to bring? They're going to bring in more jobs. This is what's called the inter indirect effect of such investments in your community. So it's a win, win, win situation. So anyway, back to the redevelopment that, um, that probably is, a, you know, just to wrap it up, it's county controlled funds focus on improving our own selves and identifying areas that could be redeveloped in a partnership. So it's a fun thing that we do. And oh, and by the way, and part of that, Nicole, is the Brownfield discussion as well. Um, I think I'm running out of time, but Brownfields, ladies and gentlemen, is we have it in Manatee County because it's an older community. And you know we embrace it. How, what? How do you handle those uh, potentially? You know, brownfield is a real estate that has real or perceived um, contamination. So you you just go ahead and and take as many incentives as you can from the federal government and the state government. Use those, clean up whatever that needs to be cleaned up, and then you move forward and make it a better place for your community. And, and I enjoyed that too. So I'm into finance and all the analysis. So that's the redevelopment part of our department. Wonderful. That was so fascinating. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of that. And um, and I'm also happy to hear your feedback too from using um, our model. That's always good to hear. We, uh, we love hearing how you guys use it um, in your day to day. We love hearing about your um, projects. So it's just something we, we love to hear from our users. So one and right. no, absolutely it's a it's a great tool, Nicole. If I can just add, it is a great tool. And I want to add um, because of how um, your your company has programmed the tool for us, we can make an independent analysis just on the Southwest district. That's that's part of the customization of the model. That's awesome. I, I love it. I love hearing that. <laughs> Well, um, and then one of your key industries is the sports performance industry sector. Um, 
so exciting. Wow. What an exciting industry to be a part of um, and have a hand in. So what can you tell us about the impact that this industry has had on your community? Yes. Um, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. So uh, Mendy County follows the state uh, target industry sector. So the usual Florida ones are your uh, clean energy, uh, manufacturing, headquarters, and all of that, finance. But also because of who we are and what we have in Manatee County, we have identified sports performance as a key industry sector. So sports per performance, um, it benefits from the region's tourism marketing efforts. So which align with the major sporting events and venue promotion. So this cluster here and that we have, um, it's, it's a growing cluster, you know, you've got the, the venues, we've got the product makers, we've got the training organizations, we've got the professional teams, and then we also have the research centers and related medical services because of the, you know, the, the regional economic generator for the region. So uh, you know, our universities play a part in this. Uh, for example, uh, State College of Florida here, um, they have a nice physical therapy assistance program, tying it with sports management. And then the technical school here, Manatee Technical College, they also have a career prep in massage therapy and online programs and fitness as well. But really key to uh, the sports performance is a couple, of, um, a couple of assets, if you will. One is we have the fabulous uh, IMG Academy that is right here in Manatee County. It's, it's such a unique business and we're very happy that they are here in Manatee County. So they have about 13,000 student athletes and campers in their various programs. Uh, and these student athletes are from all over the world. And they, the IMG itself hosts over a thousand visiting teams and groups annually. So you can just picture the impact of all of that. Um, it's really a sports tourism as well. Um, and within IMG, they actually have the Gatorade Sports Science Institute. Because, you know, they mean business. This is the business of sports is what they're doing. So they partner with Gatorade and it's a science institute. And so the first lab uh, opened up on IMG campus a couple of weeks, uh, excuse me, a couple of years ago. And then they also have a partnership with Under Armour. Um, not too many details on that yet, but just very exciting features. And, um, and then they also added a, um, it's a big campus. I, I, I forgot to put down the acres, but it's a large campus out there in the water, beautiful view of the water. Um, and then the other thing is we do have the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates Spring Training in Bradenton at the Lecombe Park. So it's a complex, it's a baseball complex that also hosts events and programs. And of course they have the minor, minor league team, which is the Bradenton Marauders, they also play in Lecom Park. And then um, I have to also mention a couple of related items to this is, um, I guess it's an EBO athletics, which recently added Olympic gold medalist, Simone Biles, the gymnast, yes. And, and her coach, they're actually here, they have their program. And we have the ice complex here nearby. Well, it's kind of on the other side of town from IMG. It's, a, it's an Ellington Ice and Sports Complex, 
we have a premier sports campus. Like I said, it's a lot of things. So we, and this is, I'm going to end the point on this one. The WNBA actually hosted their 2020 season here at IMG Academy. Why? Well, this was COVID time. This was COVID time around June or so. They chose IMG because it's everything, all inclusive facility and accommodation is available there. So they came here and they played their season from IMG and we were able to host them right here in beautiful Manatee County. So there you go. Sports performance definitely is the key thing for the county. And among all of those features I mentioned and the flow of people and, you know, it does bring in dollars too, um, Nicole. In fact, I should, I'm sure your listeners are imagining this. Just imagine all of these people, the parents of these athletes. And typically these are higher net worth individuals. They come here, they have a great time. They see their child performing well. And you know what else happens? They see how beautiful your community is. They see the nice open business climate. And then what happens next, Nicole? They start looking at bringing in their facility here. So it is a business attraction tool as well for us. Yay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wow, what a little economic development ecosystem it really creates. Um, that's so exciting. Well, then even just I'm sure when they visit, you know, for spring training or various different things, right, then obviously the visitor spending, I mean, in restaurants, if they go shopping, um, you know, hotel taxes, all of that. So that's that's wonderful to be able to just have all of that, um, again, as a part of that ecosystem um, in your local right. community and within the industry sector. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's, uh, and you know, it just keeps giving. It's just a net attractor right now. So what we're gonna do is to make sure that it, we support it we support its growth and uh, we just gave them an incentive, by the way, this is the, the incentive part of what we do, which I'm sure you and your listeners understand as well. It is a business. It's a business of sports. They're here, they're investing here, they're growing. In fact, they have another commitment in the um, hundreds of millions of dollars to increase the facility. And we're helping them uh, with that. And again, here comes your model again. <laughs> I ran it against our model and it's a no brainer. The return on investment and the payback period of what the county is helping them partner with the growth is uh, very, very good. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Listeners, this was not planned. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, no, it wasn't planned. I just, it was just fresh in my memory. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but I'm still, I'm happy to hear it. Like I said, I, I love hearing the various ways you, that all of our users, you included, you know, use the model and, um, you know, using it for real projects. Because it's one thing just looking at different, um, you know, numbers on a screen or in a report and then actually seeing how they correlate with the activities, the local activities, the businesses, the people, the citizens. Um, yeah, the real estate market, it's, it's wonderful. It's great to see. So um, my next question for you, Ruth, is what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? You know, this, this is a tough one. I know you gave it to me and I was like, you know, there's not, it's hard because there's not one secret. There's a combination of answers, right? So there's, there's not one silver bullet. So what has worked for me, and as I said, I, this is now my fourth um, community in economic development. 
previous to that, I was in the private sector. So there is not one silver bullet. What are the key things that is consistent in my years in economic development is that, that's what I'm going to share is number one is know your community. You got to know it. And I, I, I like data. I like numbers. Numbers are, you know, to me, I, I, they're easy to read. I can interpret this and know what they mean. So rely on your data, rely on um, what you're, and, and also listen to the market. I'm a market-driven economic development professional. Listen to the market, work with your partners, and relationship is key. Relationship is like the Jews that lubricates whatever it is that you're trying to do and influence in your community. Uh, the, the power of relationship building and what it brings you is just outstanding. Um, and, and feedback and partnership, as I said, but, you know, and funding is important. Real estate is important. You know, I, I would always say economic development happens with real estate development. It's hard for it to happen without real estate. So that's important. Infrastructure is also important, but you know, the, the key thing for economic development leaders in our community. And I, I, t I tell this, I teach a class in, um, basic IEDC class you have to develop your own strategy. I'm gonna say that again, because that's really very important. You as the lead economic developer for your community, you have to develop your own strategy, not one size fits all. It's okay to borrow, right? Different pieces, different policy here, program there, or what works for that one or similar size community. We all did that, we all benchmarked, we all watch each other, that's fine. But ultimately, you have to make the decision, put together your plan or work with your partners, you know, have an economic development strategic plan. But that is really, I think my message, develop your own strategy. It has to be authentic. It has to be matched and attached to your community and based on data and numbers and all of that. So um, that is what I'm gonna share. So not one single thing, but learn your community, know your community. That's wonderful advice. I love that. Um, and I think that is so important. And I'm sure, yes, I'm sure all the listeners out there would 100% agree with you that, you know, every community is different. Every community has different needs. Um, therefore, yes, absolutely. Every strategy is different. And of course, the value of those relationships, relationship building, I mean, it goes so far. Economic development is such a personable um, industry too, right? Field. Um, so just, you know, being there, talking to people, being there for people, listening. Um, I think that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that oh, advice. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome, Nicole. And one final point in that one, when you make the effort to understand your community and you start formulating uh, the vision and the plan, coming, because I've, I've dealt with the private sector, coming from that position, you sound authentic. You sound believable. They will listen to you. Then when you start planning out the strategies from that or the tactics or what the next plans are, it's very effective. And um, if you have to be the thought leader for your community in that regard, so be it, be it, be, be that, you know. So uh, evangelization is another thing that I like doing, but I could talk on and on about this, Nicole, but yeah, uh, as you can tell, I love what I do. <laughs> That's wonderful, I love it. I mean, I always say it's incredible to be able to love what you do. And I think as economic developers too, I mean, uh, person to person, I think it's such a gratifying, you know, fulfilling field 
so many economic developers just say how much they love their job. And it's so important to be able to say that. I, I think, you know, we're all the lucky ones here. You're definitely very lucky to be able <laughs> to have found something that you like and that you're good at. That's wonderful. Well, and then um, yeah. continuing on with, um, you know, some work-life balance here. What is your favorite hobby, Ruth? Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, we're so busy these days. I don't know. Uh, but okay, so during the COVID months, um, uh, I got into gardening, which I do that every now and then I go to it and I lose interest. I go then I, you know, I don't do it and I go back. So gardening is always there. I love the feeling of dealing with dirt and the earth and seeing things grow. And also uh, related to that is I like cooking. So yes, and um, again, hearkening back to the COVID months, I was like cooking quite a bit because you can't really eat out, right? You know, you gotta, and you gotta stay healthy and, and cook the right thing. So I have been learning new dishes like at least once a month. So that has, or relearning stuff that I used to do and I haven't done in a while. So that was, that's always very challenging to me. That is like the creative side, if you ask me, you know, the creative side of my brain. So I love cooking and, um, and it's international, it's eclectic. You know, the last, the last one I learned is a Korean dish. So that worked out. And then lastly, because um, I come from an international background, Nicole, and uh, I love to travel. Um, I, I can't, we can't do it right now, but I tell you, as soon as it's safe, <laughs> guess what I'll be doing? I'll be traveling again. Pull that passport out. Yep. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Oh, so many wonderful, wonderful and exciting hobbies. Um, I also love to cook. I think it's just so fun. And right now too, it's, it's almost, um, you know, it, it's my creative side comes out, but it's also just relaxing, taking a break from looking at screens all day since, you know, everyone's working from home, you know, just go and do something with the hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much, Ruth, for joining us today, um, for joining me on the podcast today, for sharing all of your wonderful economic development wisdom. You you gave, I think, the listeners so much to think about, things, little things here and there that they can take and, you know, put into their own community and their, you know, organization and perhaps even, you know, their their month-to-month -month, um, activities that they do. So that's wonderful. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to share that with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invite, Nicole. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.